Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Dino Watts. Relationships, hmm, they have a ripple effect, and that ripple effect could be positive or negative. Uh, Dino Watt is a PhD and a passionate husband and father. He also happens to be one of the most exciting business relationship trainers in the world, and the author of the new international best-selling book, The Practice Rx. He also has a couple of other books there that we'll be talking about today. He is the CEO of The Ripple Effect, and he's also an award-winning mentor, trainer, and coach. His programs focus on helping high-performance business leaders make love and business work. The goal as all of his clients is for them to have more passion for what they do, more productivity because of it, and more for their team and more for the profit in all areas of their life. And that is actually music to my ears, because quite honestly, if you do not have a passion for what you do, you shouldn't do it. Welcome to the show, Dino. Thank you. I 100% agree. Uh, this, it's fascinating, isn't it? When you run into people who are just doing what they do because it's what they do and not what they want to do. Like, I mean, talk about drudgery, you know, and it's like roboticness. And I think very, it's very easy to get robotic because you're going, well, I'm paying the bills. You know, I'm, I'm putting food on the table. There's a roof over the head. What more yep. do I want out of life? But there's a lot more in life than that. Yep. And if we don't kind of rise up a little bit and kind of look to what else there is there, we're not going to strive for it, are we? That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Well, thank you for having me on the show. This is going to be fun. You know, relationships, people think that relationships with business and at home are different. Now, they are different where it's a different hat that you're going mm -hmm. to wear. Obviously, you you know, hopefully you're not going to make love to your partner at business unless you're in hopefully. business with your partner. <laughs> yeah. um, but that same passion and that same conviction and that same love of what you do, you know, you bring that joy home of what you did today, you know, to the home front and what's going on in the home front you bring to your work. And if there isn't, you know, a real meaningful purpose and there isn't a real passion behind it, how can you be a good leader? How can you really yeah. motivate everyone else to do what they're meant to be doing? Yeah, that was kind of the premise of why I started doing what I do is that it, it was even maybe even a little bit more of what if things aren't great in your relationships and then you try to come to work and and try to lead people, you try mm -hmm. to, you know, be in your passion. I'm a big motivator, a big fan of, of saying that, you know, I bring my passion to what I do. I I, look, I grew up wanting to be a, a song and dance guy, right? I grew up wanting to perform and dance and stuff on TV. I don't do that now. But I bring that same level of energy and passion to when I'm up on stages and I'm performing. And, you know, that that piece, I remember years ago, there was an article that I read about a gentleman who he uh, interviews people who have really gross jobs. And he was interviewing a guy who was a millionaire and he owned a septic cleaning company, right? Mm -hmm. And he was like, so uh, you're pretty passionate about this whole septic thing? And he goes, oh my gosh, it's the worst. It's worse. He goes, but I bring my passion 
to what I do every day. I didn't grow up wanting to say, hey, I want to clean out toilets and clean out septic tanks, right? Nobody does that, but he brings that passion to it. So I think when you are having challenges and you're understanding what your passion is and actually bringing that to your office, that's a challenge. And then when you are stifled, when you are not actually having the relationship you want outside, that takes up some of your bandwidth and you can't be as focused and present as you need to be inside your business. No. Uh, do you also think that a lot of people are trying to live up to um, an illusion, an illusion that makes them delusional, you know, uh, mm. this expectation of what success is or the expectation sure. of what leadership is or the yeah. expectation of what a father or a lover is because it's, mm. it's on, you know, um, the housewife shows or it's on these other shows or, you know, the top 500 and you've only made it if you're that, you're only important to someone in their life well, if you're I, this, you know. <laughs> I definitely hope nobody's trying to live up to the housewives because that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's not, that, there's nothing real about the real housewives, right? It's like, like whatever. Um, yeah, I think that we all kind of buy into whatever that perception of real is to us. You know, um, I was talking to somebody just yesterday on my podcast about uh, when you are, when you fight against reality, you'll always lose. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning that the people who, you know, if you sit there and you're, angry at the sun rising every morning like it's just it's a losing battle it's going to happen right it is what it is um so i think reality is very interesting thing but i think that we all we all buy in to the at the level of a reality or an expectation that we find comfort in yeah Um, you know and that's where a lot of our the suffering actually is Mm -hmm. even though we bought into it um, I often talk about the psychology of money, right? About how if you think people who have money are terrible, awful people, then you'll never have money like them, right? Because you don't want to see yourself as a terrible, awful person. I grew up in a household where my mom literally would say that if there is somebody who is wealthy in our area, they oh, they must be crooks. They must be crooks. Yeah. So when I started finding some semblance of success in my business, I was wondering, man, why would I always destroy this success I was having? Or why would I spend my money so quickly? Or why was I, if I was making good money, why was I always having no money? And I finally realized, well, because I didn't want to be a crook, not let alone to my mom, right? But to myself, because I believed that I bought into that. So um, yeah, I think that level of like what you said, what it means to be a good fill in the blank. Right. Mm-hmm. What fill in that blank? Good person, a good uh, citizen, a good. I think one of the greatest things about our world is there are so many diverse ways to do it. Yes. Right. Yes, there yeah. are, and I think you know part of the actual wonderment and the fun of life is finding out which way to do it and what to do. You know, we've all got given a fantastic gift. You know, it's our forte, it's our strength, mm-hmm. but in discovery of that you know, and discovery of who we are and what we have to give and whom we need to give it to, you know, that's the journey that we need to take. And sometimes we're going to fall flat on our backsides and, you know, and we're going to think I failed. No, no. If you got back up, you didn't fail. You've just learned. You've learned maybe that's that's not the way to do it. Now I'm going to try a different way and see if that works. Yeah. And, And that's the thing, right? Is, is you get to change. I used to teach a thing. I used to have a program that I taught years ago called, uh, purpose and passion. 
And the whole point of it was like, how do you monetize the thing that you love to do the most? Somebody's, you know, everybody's heard the saying, find something you love to do and figure out a way to get paid for it, right? So that was kind of the premise. And I did a, a visual ex experience with everybody where I had a, a kind of a, um, a wardrobe full of jackets. And those jackets were all different colors and different sizes. And I would say, okay, well, this is my jacket of, for example, years ago. Uh, I did work in the movie industry and I, I was a makeup artist. So for a while, I put the makeup artist jacket on. I tried that out and it was okay. It was fine. It fit me okay. I got to feed my family and stuff. But at one point I decided that wasn't really the thing for me. So I took that jacket off and I went, oh, real estate investing. Let me try the real estate investing jacket. Put that on. Oh, okay. So the ability to, like you said, the gift we have as human beings is to be able to choose what path, but more importantly, to choose if that path doesn't work for me right now. And it's... Yeah. I, I've, it's interesting. I don't know if you've run up against this or not, but I've seen, I have, I have uh, a 21, a 22 and a 24 year old. And it's, it's not so much like they're not so focused on it, but I have seen it with their friends, people they associate with that. They feel like they've got to figure it out now. And I'm like, you're, you're 20. Yes. <laughs> if I would have stuck with what I thought I was going to do at 20, you know, I'm almost, I'm two years away from being 50. Like, come on. Like I, that would not be that you don't have to do that anymore. You can try it out, figure it out, change it. You got plenty of time. Even now I am changing a few things that I do because it's just fits better. It's, it's a, I want to change it up. Why not? Now, my kids are in the thirties because I'm considerably a lot older than you. And, you know, they, each one of them now has, has got to that turning point where now I really know what I want to do now. And I know what impact I want to have. And they've mm -hmm. stepped into that because, mm -hmm. you know, they've tried this, they've tried that, you know, Oh, I'm going to do this and make a success of it. Uh, no, not really me. Try mm -hmm. something else. They've been there, done that in their twenties. So right. now in the 30s, it's like, no, I really do know what I want to do now. And mm. I'm really, I'm going to go after this because this really speaks to me at the very core of me. But don't expect that core to turn up in your 20s. Very few people yeah. know exactly what they're going to do in their 20s. But yeah. all the experiences you had in your 20s with all the other jobs and careers that you had, mm. every single one of them is preparing you yeah. for when you really do find that path that you want to explore. Well, and do you think, Sarah, that they think they're done? Like, do you think that they might even turn 45 and go, huh, you know, I want something. I know a lot of people who, who do that, right? Who are like, I want something else. I want to figure something else out. I want to produce television shows or I want to, you know, uh, go and try stand-up comedy or whatever. Like, I think I, I, I would be surprised if, you know, for anybody, I know it wasn't for me at 30, <laughs> I had probably two other jobs after 33 or four <laughs> after 30. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it's, you know, being in something that, you know, can grow with you. The, the whole, I think the, one of the danger words are, is complacency. Yeah. You know, yep. because oh, you, you know, you, you get stagnant. Like if you look at a pond that isn't going anywhere, you know, it gets yeah. infected with mosquitoes yeah. and, and everything else. It's not going anywhere. We yeah. are, energy and our energy needs to flow and so whatever we're doing we can continue to do but yeah you know, switch it up explore different avenues where else can you take it it's yep. always about growth you know talk about tv show i had a wonderful woman here that um 86 she had started a um a seniors uh, theater club right just oh, seniors okay. with seniors senior performers and then uh i had her back on at um 
at 89 and she'd started a TV show. So it is never wow. too late if the passion is there. Right? That's right. And the energy yep. is there along with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So true. I think, you know, this life has kind of been given to us paint by numbers. And, you mm. know, I think a lot of problems happen to you by this societal expectation. Mm. You know, what is a leader and what is success and how much money do I really need to make? And, mm. and is this the one, you know, and it's, everybody's chasing an external life without going internally mm. and finding out really who they are, what really makes them tick, what it is they've got to contribute and what really makes them happy? What is their driving force? Yeah. And the driving force should be something that comes from within you, not chasing yeah. something on the outside. Yeah, and I think oftentimes people's driving force comes from something negative, something that they want to prove, um, they want to repair, right? Instead of, and, and listen, I, I often talk about how my why began when I was eight years old and I watched my father pack up his stuff and drive away, right? Mm -hmm. So I never want to see another eight-year-old standing on the sidewalk watching their father drive away. That's where my core of my why comes from. But I express that through the different things I do, through the offices I work with, through the doctors I am able to assist, like things like that. So it's a very interesting uh, place to be when you are when you see somebody who's doing it out of the just almost the anger or the hurt, because uh, that's controlling it. It's not like yes. you say the passion, the passion is what is more powerful for sure. Mm. Um, I do believe that a leader inspires others to be leaders. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's seeing something in somebody knowing they've got it and, you know, igniting that belief in them and, and, you know, helping direct them for them to discover that leadership in themselves it doesn't yeah. mean they're there to replace you in your leadership it's yep. just whatever they're doing they're becoming the leader of because they're stepping into that role and for so many people they don't believe they can do it and yeah. so as a good leader it is to shed that light on them to say i see it in you mm -hmm. i i call it leadership and embryo mm -hmm. so when i i talk about this <clears throat> i talk about an idea of having uh, real core values, not, um, I think a lot of companies will say they have core values and I'll say, Oh, what are your core values? And like, Oh, honesty and integrity and, you know, customer service. And my question is always, what else would there be? Right. Like, like what's, what's the alternative here? That's not a core value. That's the cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, and so when I talk about core values, I drop into what's a real core value and I have an REAL that I talk about. And the last one is leadership led, meaning as a leader, there's two sides to it. Number one, you got to step up to your core values as much as you would ask somebody else to step up to your core values. And number two is you have to look at every single one of your team members as a leader in embryo. They might never become a manager. They might never, like you said, replace you. But if we treat them like leaders, number one, when we ask people to do stuff, it makes them feel like we trust them. Yes. And, and that's key, right? A lot of people look at that sales process of people buy from people they know, like, and trust. But the truth is people buy and enroll into things when they know, they know, you know, like, and trust them. Yeah. And so it allows us to look at it a little differently, give them more responsibility, make, let them fail. Yeah. Big reason why most people don't want to take on responsibility. Most leaders don't give that responsibility is this 
this weird fear of failure, which is so weird because it's not innate, right? It's not innate in us. We were born winners, right? Everybody won the race with the sperm, right? We were all, we're all the only sperm that won the race. That's it. Like, that's cool. So we were born that one. But then when we came out, we continually failed and we never gave up. There's not a single one of us walking around the planet right now that gave up on the idea of walking. Mm-hmm. Even though we would fail over and over and over and over and over and over and hundreds of times we would fall. Yet we kept saying, I can do this. And then something along the way said, oh, I can't. And then we created this whole thing about failure is bad. It's like, are you kidding? You're literally walking because you failed. Right, exactly. I think what happened is that the shame and the blame came in. Yeah. And, you know, that shame and blame we take on and the guilt then steps in. And then we become paralyzed because we're too afraid to then take a step in case we fail and we're blamed and we're shamed again. Well, going back to what you said earlier, right? We, we feel that shame based on some expectation, some, exactly. something that's set. It's like, oh, I feel shame because I was expected to make this amount of money or, you know, uh, you know it happens obviously 50% of marriages right now. Uh, you know, I feel shame because I wasn't supposed to get divorced, right? I was supposed, to, I was supposed to choose the right person. And I listen, I know my wife since I was five years old. We've been married 27 years. We got married when we were 22 years old, super young, right? But we're weird, right? Like when you get <laughs> married weird. that young, yeah, and, and you're probably going to want to change your mind at one point. Right? It's like, like it's not surprising. It's not a shocker. It's and you probably weren't really thinking it through, right? You weren't. It, those marriages where, and I live in an area where I live in the country, like it's very common for people to meet each other very quickly and get married very quickly because we have a very uh, high religious group around here. And, and that's fine. I love it. I just think that we look at it and go, Hmm, maybe we should have a little more time Mm -hmm. to get to know people to say, is this really the thing that I want for the rest of my life? So it's, it's again, that expectation. I think you're right on with the expectation idea. Well, you know, let's talk about relationships because, you know, um, if you are still in discovery of yourself and you meet someone and it's all, you know, it's all hot and bothered and feels absolutely wonderful, this is the one. And then somewhere along the line, however far in, um, difficulties come about. Um, or you feel there's a disconnect because you're not being true to who you are and who are you anyway. You decide to go and explore that journey of yourself. The other person feels left behind and goes, but you're not the woman I married. No, because we evolve. You know, we should be growing. And no, we can't expect to be growing exactly at the same time. That's where one encourages the other. Yeah. Then the other encourages that one. And then you might even kind of come together, go apart a little bit and come together. But it's that's part of that growth. But I think what it is, what is the common denominator that's holding you together? Mm. Yeah, and I agree. That just there's a ring on the finger. No. There's got to be something more than that. You know, you make a really good point because so many people, I, I, I call it um, just kind of dealing with life as it comes. Well, it seems like, well, yeah, of course, that's what you do. But, you know, when you start out a business, right, you, you sit down, you go, oh, man, I have this new idea, this new widget that can do this new thing man, I could see where if this could do this, then we could get to this and we can create that. And you, you start fantasizing what the vision is, right? That's what you're going for. Tom shoes said, huh, we love shoes, but there's a problem with people not having shoes. What if we could create a company that would give back for every piece of shoe, every shoe that it, it, it sells, right? Uh, Zappos uh, socks the same way. 
uh, Zappos, sorry, uh, Bomba socks the same way. So these companies, like when you have this idea, well, when I started out with my wife, I know the one of the things that we did was I saw what my parents did and went, yeah, I definitely don't want that. Right. right? That's, that's not where I want to go. So let's talk about what is our vision for our future? What's the ultimate goal? Take jobs, even take kids away. What's the ultimate goal for the two of us? And if it's that we want to be holding hands while we're sitting on a porch, watching a sunset, just fully in love with each other and knowing we lived a good life. Yeah. Cool. That's where I want to go. And that keeps me anchored to the times where I'm a jerk times where I'm upset with her, you know? Um, so I have this really interesting thing around marriage because I, I actually love it. I think it's an amazing institution. I think that it's, it's such a refiner. There's no other, no other thing that we go through in life that, shows us who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And I always say marriage is a magnifier. Mm -hmm. And so when we are going through that, hopefully we are in a place with our partner where we, when we have that shift, like you're talking about, we're like, you know what? I actually want to change up who I am. My wife married. Okay. My wife is a very educated person. She should have married a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. She married a dude who wanted to be an actor. I mean, I was working at Denny's as a waiter when we got married, like she could have done way better, but she was there for the journey with me, knowing it was going to change, right. knowing it was going to pivot. So it's an interesting thing, right? Because I think there's value in, in creating a relationship where you both can allow each other to be who you are and be totally okay with that because the nucleus is the person that I married, the person I fell in love with. Right. That's, that's the core. Yeah. Whereas man, if she wants to go and she's starting to write books now, you know, okay, you want to write books? Cool. If I, I want to do this. I mean, she did that to me. She allowed me to, my wife, we've had so many freaking careers between the two of us, <laughs> but we've just trusted each other. Right. We've encouraged each other. Might have had to kick each other in the pants a couple of times too, but we were there for each other. So so my, my youngest daughter is married and, and unfortunately, you know, uh, divorced and it wasn't a successful marriage between her father and I, um, two people that really never should have come together yeah. in the first place, but driven by something, I'm not sure. And I think it's because I was meant to have three beautiful children by. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. So, and she's, uh, she's just had a baby. So he's five months old now and he's a half hour sleeper. So, you know, there's never any time to get anything done. Yeah. And, you know, the wonderful thing is, is her, her husband is a co-parent. He is yeah. there to take slack. They take it in turns to sleep at night. Um, you know, wash the diapers, change the diapers, do the bottles. And he's, he's working three days at, at home. And it, they, you know, she said, well, we're partners. So that's what partners do. That's right. Yeah, you know, and uh, we're we're in this together. It's not I'm mother, I do everything, which was my case. <laughs> you know? That's right. It's like he's the father, he's got to do it too, and we both take up the slack wherever we need to. And but the relationship was based on humor and friendship, and that's where there solidly is. And you know, yep. they've been through a rocky time for this last five months, being a mom, and they built a house just before they moved in two weeks mm. before baby was born wow and uh, so you know you're building a house and renovations it generally puts great strain on a relationship mm -hmm. and in their case it didn't it actually made them stronger which that's right um, and i think a lot of that is choice too 
Are you going to nitpick on the little things? Are you going to take situations out on each other? Because when you do that, then you're going to take that pimple and make it a volcanic eruption. Yep. And people do that, right? What we focus on expands. And especially in a relationship, like I said, marriage is a magnifier. Yes. It, it, it's that thing that it's the refiner's fire. There's nothing else like it that will strengthen you or break you down. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there are people who just, I, I look at my parents that way. My parents probably should have never been together. <laughs> and because of that, you know, they had four kids. I have great brothers and sisters. And I, man, I tell my parents, I tell my dad this, I try not to say it as much. I said it a little too much before, uh, jokingly that I've made a lot of money off my parents' divorce, right? Because, because I learned a lot of what not to do. Exactly. I, I am a, I am a great dad because I learned what not to do as a dad. Right. So, you know, we all learn from that. I, I love that you pointed that out about your, your uh, daughter, because uh, we actually just finished building a house and we were, Shannon and I were just having this conversation the other day. We just finished building a house and people said all the time, we, we, it's our third house we built, but this is the first one where it was, really us like from the ground up we uh designed everything my wife did all of it you know and, and worked with the architects and things like that and um i told her i said you know i have grown to love her way more mm -hmm. over this last 10 months because i get to see her right be in her element of design and of seeing doing something she wants and we couldn't get everything we wanted obviously because we didn't have unlimited budget but man we were able to work with what we had and she just really made it amazing. And I said to her, so many people warned us that it's so hard to build a house together. It's tough on your marriage. I think we're stronger. And the humor is key. If you can't laugh at the situation, laugh at each other, then there's a problem. Yes. Like, it's just, it, it, it's just silly. Uh, most of the stuff we argue about is silly. Right. And, and you can laugh about it later. You know, I'm, I, you know, in my marriage, the, it didn't get to be funny anymore. It felt more like an attack. Yeah. Right. And that's when you start taking things personally and you start yep. remembering the comments they've made. Mm -hmm. And you go like, uh, you no, know, you can't take that back. You said mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And it starts building up. Whereas Isn't if that... you do have a if you have a good solid relationship and you quip at each other, you yeah. know, it's just a, a little bitch. And it's, it's over. Yeah. Uh, we talk about filling each other's buckets. Right. And this is in business or in marriage. Right. About filling the buckets of each other of I I. I know I have to fill the buckets for my wife, the emotional bucket for my wife, bank account for my wife, because I know I'm going to screw up. I know I'm going to say something stupid. And if I want her to be like, all right, I'm really pissed off at him right now, but all right, I, all the times that he was good or all the times that he said that, like, it, I want it to outweigh. I need yeah. to outweigh. The, yeah. the, so important. But, you know, I think it's interesting because um, what, just from what you just said there around the way that we talk to one another, I teach a lot around body language. And part of the piece that we talk about is the tone of the way you th say things. Sarcasm, right? I'm a crazy sarcastic guy. And I didn't realize how much that could affect people, mm -hmm. especially the ones I loved, until I heard my kids saying it in the same tone and sarcasm as I did. And I'm like, you can't talk to your mom like that. And I was like, oh, dang. They right. got that for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's relationships are just are, are such a great way to learn about yourself. They certainly are. And sometimes you may not like what you see. And well, absolutely. You know, don't beat yourself up. You yeah. know, this, this is, is a wonderful awakening, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. oh, 
uh, you know, that, that could be misconstrued the way I said that, you know, I've got to change my tone or change my words. Mm -hmm. What else am I saying that could be offensive right. that nobody else is saying to me? And it's okay. I mean, I'm great one for mirror talk. You know, it's very hard to pull the wall over your own eyes when you're staring at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, don't beat yourself up for the mistakes you're making. The thing is, you know better now. So yeah. what are you going to do from here for? And it's, it's, it's crazy that we are, we're the least kind to ourselves, first of oh, all. God, yeah. But, but then secondarily to the people we love the most. And it's, well, I love them and they know I love them. They know I don't mean it. But I'm yeah. you keep saying it over and over again, even in humor, mm -hmm. there has to be an element of truth in it. It's the same when someone's drunk. Yeah, I think right. It, it takes out the inhibition. Comes out when they're drunk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's. I used to live in Japan years and years ago, and that was one of the things that the Japanese uh, business people would not do business with somebody who wouldn't go to a bar with them, right. because they wanted to see their true self. Yes, it's yeah. it's, it's it's very interesting. I, I think for me, the biggest challenge uh, becomes um, that relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Really learning to love yourself, really willing to ask for what you want. I do this little. Uh, experiment when I speak and when I'm training with people about the, the words, I love you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very interesting how we as a society, especially in the Western society have manipulated the words, I love you. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll pick a, somebody to volunteer and I'll say, okay, let's pretend we're husband and wife and you're going to come home and you've had a rough day and I come home and you say, I love you to me. So you can pretend that I'm your husband. And so though, okay. So we came home, da, da, da. And I said, go ahead, go. And she'll say, honey, I love you. And I'll say, thank you. And they always freak out. Everybody in the audience is kind of like, why isn't he saying it back? Right. Why isn't he saying it back? How come he hasn't said it back yet? And I will, I will pause and I'll just wait. And I'll say, why are you guys all getting all weird? And then usually the audience will be like, because you need to say it back. I'm like, yeah. why? She told me she loved me. She didn't tell me she wanted me to tell me, tell her that I loved her. Why didn't she just ask for it? She wants to manipulate the situation. How is that love? Right. And I try to emphasize it's okay for us to ask for what we want. Sarah, it's okay for you to say, Hey, you know what? I'm just, I, I just need to hear. I love you today. I've had a rough day. Can you tell me that I'm doing awesome? Hey, you know what? It's been a, a stressful day or, you know what? It's just been a while. Can you just tell them I'm doing, I'm, I'm being an amazing mom. And nine times out of 10, unless you're married to a real narcissist or you're, you're dating somebody who just doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, I'll even say 9.9 .9 times out of 10. That person is going to go, oh my gosh, of course I love you. Of course you're doing a great job. Yeah, you're rocking it. But instead we manipulate it. And I think it's very fascinating that we do that. It's, it's um, kind of becomes a weapon of choice, doesn't it? And yeah. then it takes the real value out of it that's right you can't trust those words well you're just saying that right you really mean it because now right. it's the value yep matter of fact i've had this happen before and this is what's so sad i'll do that role play right and i'll say all right so i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna say to you i love you and so i do it and i say hey honey i love you and she will respond to me usually i, I deal in the, the medical world so i have a lot of nurses usually a lot of females so I'm usually doing this with female and she'll go, what'd you do? <laughs> and I'm like, if that's your first thought of your spouse and she goes, oh, you don't know my spouse. I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're, we're role playing that it's an ideal situation. 
but that tells me a lot. Like, I'm sorry. And I want to help you be able to have a relationship where he can say that and you can just own it and take it in. So, oh, awesome. I needed somebody to say that to me today. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be even the love word. You know, as you said, yeah. little post stickers on there. You know, you're awesome. You you're know, awesome. I know that you've been overdoing it lately. You're just yeah. a night off of bubble bath. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, recognizing that the other person is maybe stressed out. You know, I think half the time in business or even at home, we feel, does anybody see me? Does anybody right. hear me? Does right. anybody care? Yep. You know, and, and all we want is just that moment of, I, I see you, I, you know, I care. And yep. what can I do for you? Yep. I, uh, I often say the three most valuable things that every single person on the planet wants is that you see them, you hear them, and what they say matters. Yes. To feel yeah. that, to feel that I'm seen, to feel that I'm heard, and that what I'm saying, even if you don't agree with it, Sarah, yeah. I'm going to guess that just based upon uh, our life experience, we probably don't agree on a few things. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I could say it or you could say it and it'd be like, okay, I totally don't agree with that, but man, I hear that. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Wow. I mean, think about that in our world today, how it's all about not listening to the other person and just not letting that person feel heard. Even if you totally think they're out of their mind crazy, I hear you. I, I get it. I understand. I may not understand. I, I you know, I, I do disagree, but I hear your point of view. I just see it from a different point of view. That's yeah. validation of both sides. No. But this, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. Now we're going to take up arms against each other. Is it gets nobody anywhere. Nope. No one anywhere. There is no solution there yep. other than volatile. Yep. It's it's the whole thing. Uh you know, people and and their and and non-religious realms and religious realms will talk about. Well, there's many paths to God, right? Well, all right. Well, there's also many paths to an opinion. There's many paths to this thing. There's there's there are. I believe there is gravity, right? I believe in gravity. I believe in a black and a white. Uh, there's dark and there's light. I believe there's up and down. I believe there's inside and outside. But when I say there is no the truth, mm -hmm. right? There is a truth. And in that moment, that person expresses it. That's their truth. And yes. who are you to tell them that it's not? That, that's great. You can go home all you want and talk about how crazy that is on your own. But to that person, why don't you give them the joy of saying, hey, I heard that. I see you. And it matters to me that you have that opinion. Give them even, you know, if, if you are slightly intrigued. Uh, how did you come to that truth? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's been a really interesting one on Facebook that I'll, I'll do every once in a while because I really don't. I've gotten out of the like have opinions on Facebook type thing. But I'll say like, huh, how? How did you come to that opinion? Huh. Interesting. Why? Why is that? Why do you think that? Like not an accusational, but. Right. Uh, and that's the thing that I, I, I. I, I practice a lot. I teach with my clients is to be more inquisitive yes. versus accusational. Yes. We are a society of statement makers, right? This means this. They said this, so that means this about them. I want to ask a question about that. So, yeah. And I think um, we were constantly talking about inclusivity and, and that, you know, we're all different, you know, colors and species. 
you know, mm-hmm. and yet we're still very judgmental of, well, if you're not like me, then you're not important. Yep. And it's like, uh, I believe in the importance of self, yeah. self-worth, self-nourishment, self-beingness, but not self-importance, because I believe that is ego-driven. Yep. And where does ego come from? Very often from an inner, inner security of not yeah. feeling whole. If you really do feel you really know who you are, you like who you are, you can always improve, of course, but you're not going to be so shattered by other people's opinions of you. Right. Well, I, it's, I have this theory that um, almost all anger comes from embarrassment mm. because, because your ego is taking a hit in that moment. Yes. So if you have the, you know, you take your little toddler child to the grocery store and they're having the tantrum in the aisle and you're angry about it. Well, you're not angry. You're embarrassed because you are thinking to yourself, man, how I, I can't t- parent my child good enough to get them to stop doing that. I don't have the communication skills to stop them. I don't know what to do. And so it becomes embarrassment all the way up to, you know, even what's going on in the world. It's like, ah, I just, I'm angry because I'm embarrassed because I don't know how to deal with this and how to help. And so all I can do is get angry. And I think that's helping. And it's not, it's just creating more anger. Right. So yeah, I, I agree with you that ego bruise, that's, that's embarrassment that becomes anger. Do you think that, uh, you know, I mean, social media can be absolutely fantastic. I think I'm very from one of, you know, what you seed and what you water is what will grow. And, you know, what you respond to, because we're all algorithm and, you know, um, social media is all algorithm. So what you're going to respond to is going to be what they're going to keep throwing at you. Yep. So if you are picking an argument, if you are being judgmental, if you are damning someone, they're going to just throw more of that crap at you. Yeah. But if instead you say, um, I'm sorry, do not accept that language or that, you know, if it, people get nasty, delete. Uh, but if somebody has said something, you know, how, how did you come to that? Or, or what is your source? Or, you know, can you explain yourself better? And right. let's try and get into uh, an interaction rather than an altercation. Yep. Yep. I actually had that happen recently. Um, I was, I had made a comment, uh, actually make a comment, ask some questions about when Gabby Douglas had uh, declined to uh, be in her, what Olympics or whatever. And I was asking the question around, what do we accept as uh, quitting versus, you know, taking care of yourself and stuff like that. And I was really making it more of a non, I wasn't, I'm like, we're making her a villain or a savior. And I don't think she's either. She just made a choice. Right. Right. And and so I had some people come back at me or whatever, but then I had a, had a follow-up post where I had talked about this idea of questioning things and that there are way more statements thrown at me than there were questions of like, why do I, why do I think that way? How did I come to that conclusion? And um, there was a gentleman who at first was kind of not very polite about things and I didn't even know who he was, but I just clarified and I just went, I, I assumed he asked when he didn't ask because he was kind of making statements. And I said, well, thank you for asking why I d- th- thought this is, was this and this and this. Anyways, maybe about three or four back and forth. And at the last one, he was like, oh, okay, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. And all of a sudden it just changes yeah. the dynamic of our conversation. It, so. it's, uh, it's very, very easy to get caught up in the hurricane. Oh you know, yeah. The hysteria, you know, and you, you respond to it. And the next thing you know, you're swirling around and, and he said, and she said, and this said, and that said, and do you know they're green, you know, and it gets out of proportion so completely. And then if you pause and you manage to get out of the hurricane and you look back and you go, oh my God, what did I say? What did I yeah. do? 
And because we have been triggered to be reactionary, yeah. we're a firm believer in take a breath. Yes. Take a breath before you respond. Yep. We commiserate like nobody's business as people, man. Yeah. We commiserate yeah. like crazy. It's true. And, you know, a lot of people have been affected, obviously, by the pandemic in the last 18 months. And a lot of businesses have had to pivot. Um, they've had to change the way they do the business or the way their people work in their business, or even their clientele. Mm -hmm. And it means that leaders have had to explore different avenues and, and ask, you know, ask their, their staff and their clientele to take a different road with them. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's been extremely successful and very popular. And they realized, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? This is great. Yeah, for sure. And, and for others, like, well, I'm just at a roadblock. I don't know what to do. And it's okay to call in other people right. and listen to what other people are doing because just because you're stuck doesn't mean you have failed. It just means that you yourself can't think of anything else. Pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's this idea of, I've always said, I, I actually would never want to get a golf lesson from Tiger Woods, but I would love to have one from his coaches. Right. 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 Because they see the things that Tiger can't see. Right. I need those people in my life. I yeah. like, I have a couple of different masterminds and coaches that I have because they can see what I can't. And that's way important for me to be able to go, Oh, okay. So I'm, I, all right. I'm, I'm off here. I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, there's a book called the road less stupid by uh, Keith Cunningham. And he is a, uh, it, for those of your listeners who have heard the book uh, or, or know of the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad yes. by Robert Kiyosaki, he's the rich dad example. Now. Like he is the rich dad that Robert wrote about. And he lost at one point, he had a company that he lost a hundred million dollars plus an extra 50. Wow. <laughs> That's a very exclusive club to be in. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he gained it all back. And then some, but in the book, he talks about this idea of, you can't smell your own breath. So for you to think that you could just do it all on your own is crazy. You need those people to say, hey. Yeah. So that's important. I'm, I'm a true killer's coach. You know, the four key personalities. Oh, nice. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm a screaming blue empathic type personality. And oh, that's so funny. I need, uh, I need those other personalities around me to be able to see things from a different perspective for me to get the whole picture. And I think personally, any business that has all four of those key personalities in it uh -huh. will succeed if they're willing to sit down and each one put their perspective down on the table. Right. And now you can look at the whole, it's like doing a puzzle only from one side. Yeah. Can you imagine a room full of reds? Like, <laughs> like, like, like a room full of, even a room full of yellows, all of a room full of the same as you. Yes. It's funny because, you know, we talk about when it comes to building rapport with people, we like to be around people that we are like or want to be like, right? But for the most part, the reason why I'm circling back even to relationships, the reason why my wife and I work is because she has elements to who she is that I'm attracted to that I don't have, right? right? And vice versa. It's, it, I, I chuckle a little bit when you talk about the color, cause she made me do that when we were like dating in high school and 
she didn't believe my results. She's like, no, you're not, you're that's not you. She's like, you're told, you know, you're, I think it's, was it green? That's more like outgoing and whatever, or whatever. No, that's the about. orange, the orange, orange. Okay, the orange. extroverts and, 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 yeah. and peers, the visionaries most certainly. Yeah. Um, and, she, and she's like, no, she's, she, I, I had said something like, I think I came up with like, I don't know, blue or something. And she was like, no, 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 that's not you. That's not you. And so I was like, but that's my test. And now I look at, it, I'm like, she's totally right. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, we just, I, I would never want to be in a room in my business of Dino's because right. we, would, we would never get anything done. No, no, you'd have a good time. We would be, you wouldn't great, be productive. No way. And it would go long because we would just keep new things to be fun about or whatever. We'd have all these great ideas and never get anything done. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, very often I do, I'm a very spiritual person. So I do a spiritual show with someone and we take flight, you know, off we go and our spiritual wings come out. But each one of us, you know, although we're, we're in the same vibe, the same frequency, but we have different wings. Yeah. And so the, the different perspective of those wings and what the energy is and what we're talking about, you know, makes it more interesting. But it obviously because we're on that same plane, you know, those right. wings are flapping. So yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe with some other people, especially greens who are very analytical and want to know the data and yes. the details of everything, which is not my forte, right. you know, it will be a slightly more uh, different those ones show. To, those ones to put you to sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to draw another color out of them, you know, because uh, um, actually, actually it's funny because my daughter, I did a, a talk once and she saw me talk and then later on this guy came up and he was talking about something and she sat there and went all the way through it and she actually went up to, I think she was 12 or 13 at the time. She said, that was extremely interesting, but I think you need to make it more interesting because it was also boring. <laughs> <laughs> She, same one that's married now that you know calls it as it is but um he kind of needed to know that the content was great that you know the topic was great right. but you know the low monotone so right. sometimes get somebody who's more flamboyant to yep. pitch yep right you know yep. maybe your baby but have somebody else carry it that's right yep i've seen a lot of speakers like that but i'm like you should not be doing this yep. <laughs> it's not your strength you know yep. the material is but not the delivery and but that's the thing know your strengths and know your weaknesses yeah and give your weaknesses to someone else whose strength it is yep yeah i totally agree it's it's so true we just need to know ourselves that well and, you know, that also goes in the relationship at home, you know, not just with your spouse, but with, with um, you know, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your children. You oh, know, yeah. you, you will see in your child a, a particular strength they have. And, you know, you can't help them with it because it's not your strength. That's right. So you find somebody else who can or, or say to them, honestly, you know, you're much yep. brighter than me in this. Yep. I can help you. Let's find somebody else who can do that because I'm in awe of, of that. Not only is it very encouraging, but it also shows that they don't have to be exactly like you and exactly right. like mom. They can be strength in their own in their own way. And the third thing is it shows them that when they come up to that place in their life with either their kids or their friends or their self, it's totally okay to be like, yeah, I don't know. I can yeah. like, let's, let's find somebody else who knows that. Right. You know, those are, those are the innovators. We want innovators. We want creators. Yeah. But it's those creative minds that are willing to come together without the ego yeah. and just really want to create. And everybody's throwing everything in the dish. 
And then yep. it's like, ah, oh, maybe a little too much of this and too much of that. Let's add more of this. And now you've got a great pie, you know? Totally true. Yep. Absolutely. We need more of those in the world, most certainly. And, you know, everybody expects it to be out there. Well, those people out there that are being the creators, the innovators and the leaders today started where we're at, at home yeah. as a child, you know, as a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever, yep. you know, mm -hmm. in the business, we had to learn. No and one was born to success. That's right. Yeah, so no one be willing to take the journey. Now let's talk about your books. Yeah. Uh, your current book. Yeah, I have a couple of books. I have two books coming out actually next uh, month. What I did is during the pandemic, as you were mentioning, people had to pivot and change. And, you know, you're used to a, a virtual medium like I am. I've actually been on virtual since 2010 when, I, when everybody's using Skype, right? I was a Skype guy. Yes. And um, so when the pandemic hit, a lot of people in my industry, I, I focus a lot in the, in the medical world, especially in the dental and ortho world, orthodontics world. And um, they got shut down, right? There's the, everybody shut, they, they couldn't go to work. And so everybody's panicking. And I was like, oh, I already, I already know this skill. I can help you continue to close clients through the screen. You could actually meet with a client, do an assessment, give them uh, some ideas on their teeth and, and bring in new clients. Or if they're their current clients that can't come in, you can still meet with them and check their teeth, make sure they're on the right, tell them what rubber bands to wear or whatever. And so I created a course around it of how to, it was called selling through the screen. And then I was going to create the book. I always like, whenever I have a big course, I'm like, oh, I'll make a book out of that. Um, as I was about halfway through the book, I had other industries coming to me saying, hey, we need to know how to sell through the screen too, because our business has shifted to where I have a lot online. I had DJs and stylists and real estate agents. And I went, oh yeah, I can show you how to do that because the principles are the principles of the principles. Mm -hmm. I just, let me show you how to, how to do it in your industry. So I thought, oh, I'll make a book for everybody. But I really wanted to serve my community that I work with in, 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 in particular. And so I said, hey, um, what if I built, what if I did two books? that were basically the same book, but different examples and different uh, interviews and stuff. So I was crazy and I created, so it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. For the orthodontic and dental space, there's the mastering virtual consults because that's specifically what they're doing. And then they're selling through the screen for the rest of the world. Right. So it's been, a, it's been a crazy experience, I'll never, do two books at once again because it's a lot of work it's a lot of work <laughs> so it's hard um, to keep your mind on one book and not the other and have them cross over right no no and here's what's really bad is when you accidentally label the the tag that you send to your editor the wrong one and then <laughs> yeah. they, and you're like this is not right i didn't put the wait a minute is that and you're just so yeah. confusing yeah yeah. No, it's, 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 oh yeah. So those are the two books. Super proud of them. I'm super excited. They release on the, I think it's the 16th of next month. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Wonderful. I mean, how can they get them and how can they get your books? Yeah, they'll be on, all my books are on Amazon uh, through just look up Dino Watt. Uh, it's D-I-N-O with W-A-T-T uh, -T with no S. And it just, um, my first book, The Practice Rx, if you're in any type of business whatsoever, small business owner, The Practice Rx is geared towards, again, practice owners, but the principles are business principles. 
in our industry, the orthodontic and the dental industry, they go through a lot of school and they're not taught anything around business. Mm -hmm. And so I give them business principles on, on how to Im implement those into their, their life. And it works for any business. I've had veterinarians, I've had hairdressers, I've had teachers uh, change careers because of the, the book. So it's pretty cool. And then you've got the 21 days to master your time. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so that's my second book. Yes, second book. So first book was Practice Rx. Second one was 21 Days to Master Your Time, Business, and Influence and, and Relationships. And that's more like a daily devotional book. It's uh, just 21 days to really understand more about yourself and your relationships. And then my third book was called Hire and Fire Like a Boss. And that's all about how to, why are you not firing people who are not a great a right fit for you? And why are you not finding the right people who should be a good fit for you? So it's a yeah. really fun book. Yes. Do you find that an awful lot of people make the mistake of being driven by money first? I think, I think our corporations and stuff reward, try to make that the reward for people. Actually, I was just doing a training around this, around responsibility and motivation, and it never really sticks, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, it always gives the most mediocre results um, when we're just focused on the money. Uh, I mean, I listen, I am a dad. I had three kids. I was young. I needed money. But it's interesting where, where we look to find them. The excuse, actually, I'll, I'll say that. I think it's more of an excuse than it is a reality. Right. That people use that as the excuse to, to not pursue, as you were talking about at the very beginning, there's you know, full circle here, to pursue what they're passionate about. So I think that it's an excuse, but yeah, it definitely happens. And then of course you've got the other end of the scale where it's all about money, money, money. You can, you can make, you know, top owner, you could be this, you could be that, but there aren't the scruples. There isn't the integrity and they there's, also, there's so fleeting. in their people. It's so fleeting. It's so fleeting. Yeah. And it's yeah. so transparent too. And that's, that never lasts. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know a single person. I know a lot of people who are super wealthy and not happy. Right. Yeah. And I, I would much rather, and, and I know a lot of very wealthy people who are very happy. Right. So I, I, it goes both ways. It's, it's really about who you are as a person inside, but those type of things. And I see it a lot. I mean, especially in the personal development world, especially in uh, anything where you're looking at, you know, online marketing, it's yeah. like, Oh, let me show you the car. I just rented in the house that I Airbnb, right. It's like, no one cares. Like no one cares. Yeah. No, in fact, actually, you know, especially when people are struggling, you just make it feel even more out of reach for them and that there is a divide between you and them instead of yeah. an encouragement, you know, uh, of, you know, um, but time well, thinking, you know. And here's the crazy part, right? You're just setting yourself up for a lot yes. of misery as the person that's yes. doing that because you're going to you're going to attract a lot of very desperate people. Yeah. And I don't. I don't want to be around people who are desperate. Even in my, my consulting business, right? I have application process for my doctors. There are people I'm like, nope, sorry. I'm not, I'm not your guy. I'm not a fit for you. Right. That's, that's okay. I'm just not a fit for you. It's fine. You're, you're an awesome person. You're wonderful. You can want whatever you want. I'm just not a, I'm not a fit for right. you. Yeah. And, and if the shoe doesn't fit, you're not going to be able to walk, right? Nope. So nope. it's nope. important. It's important to be able to say no to people it's important to also to, to look at some people and go, okay, you know, maybe they don't have the collateral right now, but the, the quantity or the quality of what they've got is worth investing in. And I think 
those that invest in their people and make the people feel that they are really a part of that company and pride in being part of that company, then the clients benefit and that's where the profit comes from. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Yep. So true. A lot to change, you know, just like it is with social media, you know, what you put out is what you're going to get back. It's the same in life. And, uh, you know, whoever you meet, um, you know, it's respect, you know, is something yeah. you, know, you may disagree that they may be on the opposite sides of something to you, but it doesn't mean you hate them. Yep. But what right do you have to do that? It's just that you disagree. Are you going to be best buddies? No. Yeah. Are you going to do business together? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're just too far apart even to do that. Yep. So it's a wish each other well and move on. Yep. I have people I love in my life that I know we completely disagree on about 90% of the things in this world. Mm-hmm. But I totally still love them. Like I would, I'll be there for them. I'll support them. I'll support their charities. You know, absolutely. I don't, I, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because that is a perspective they have, but it shouldn't take away from who they are. Mm, no. right? And we're entitled to see things from a different point of view. When it yep. gets malicious and vicious, then that's a different story. Yep. Right? That, yep. Yeah. Yep. And that goes, you know, go back to what we were saying before. Be mindful of what you say to people. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know their sensitivity. You don't know where they're coming from. It may be your humor, but yep. is your humor appropriate? in this particular arena at that time. So I think as we're navigating forward, we've just got to be a more participatory and also more mindful in what we do. Totally agree. Yep. Yep. Wow. Good conversation. This has been great. How do people get hold of you? And how do um, how, how how do people find you? Um, well, I'm all I'm on every social media uh, with uh, you know DinoWatt.com or DinoWatt, like it's a pretty uncommon name. So uh, Dino D I N O W A T T, and then DinoWatt.com is a great way to connect with me. Dino at DinoWatt.com. So yeah, that's that's absolutely. Reach out if you have any questions or if I can help out anyway. Wonderful, great. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. You know. Um, as you said, relationships and business at home, they're the same, you know, they should be conducted the same with respect for yourself, right? Yep. You, yep. you can't give respect for the people if you don't have it for yourself. And 100%. Fall, it's the getting back up that's important. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Try, try, try again. <laughs> yep, you got it, Sarah. Thank you. Okay, well, thanks very much. And to everyone else out there, you know, we know you're pivoting right now. We know that you're, you know, you're maybe even at a little crossroads of life. Pick up the book the books and just you know there's going to be some wonderful ideas that you're going to pick out from there you can catch them on amazon do you know what wt and uh, see what will help you kind of just shift your perspective a little bit so that you can move forward so until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show you will hear many many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com we have new shows for you out every week just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.